0: Creative Babble My-
1: Last time on Pretend Radio, I talked to a group of people who take chlorine dioxide, a bleach-type chemical. They say it cures everything from headaches and Lyme disease to malaria, HIV, hepatitis, cancer. I know, my BS meter went through the roof. When I first discovered this trend, I thought, surely this is a small group of people. I mean, seriously, who would take this stuff? But then I realized this is actually a huge movement among the alternative medicine community. I'm Javier Leva and this is Pretend Radio. Stories about real people pretending to be someone else. At first, I was outraged. I mean, how can people believe that drinking a cleaning product could actually be good for you? Then I thought, how could this be legal? Well, it turns out MMS, or Miracle Mineral Supplement, is not a medicine, so it's not regulated by the Food and Drug Administration. It's a supplement, and supplements in the eye of the US government aren't considered drugs, so supplements are treated more like food. You could take it. It's safe until it's not, then you're in trouble. But the FDA actually issued a warning saying that this treatment is dangerous and should not be taken. They say that MMS produces a strong bleach that can cause nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and symptoms of dehydration. But you know what? These are grown adults. I mean, they could drink bleach if they want, but we have to draw a line somewhere and that somewhere is when adults force this toxic chemical onto their kids. While researching MMS, I, I watched dozens of videos of parents describing the day that doctors told them that their child had autism. So my son was clearly, there was something wrong.
2: Okay, we gotta go see a neurologist and you're waiting and you're wasting time and you walk in there and the guy says, "I've been doing this for 20 years and I'm pretty sure your kid has autism. And uh, that was where um,
1: it it was one of the worst days. Your child has autism. Those are words that no parent ever wants to hear a doctor say, but many parents have to face this reality every day.
2: And that's when I knew, oh my goodness, she is changing this child, this this cute little baby, something's happening. And that was at about 16 months.
1: You know, as a parent, I can only imagine the feeling of hopelessness, the fear, the questions, the instinct to try to do anything possible to fix it. There is no cure, there's no surgery, there's no medicine that could fix it. Yet parents keep searching and I don't blame them. I mean, there has to be an answer somewhere. It starts with a simple internet search, and that leads them down several rabbit holes. Some of these rabbit holes land them in social media groups where parents trade advice. Eventually, they come across a miracle drug that claims to cure autism, MMS. They watch online videos where pseudoscience homeopaths claim it's not actually bleach, and at the end of that rabbit hole, they learn about the woman behind this whole thing.
0: And I was on Facebook, a support group of moms that I would try to, you know, research like all, all autism moms do.
1: This is Sue.
0: And I'd see her emails periodically.
1: Sue remembers reading about this woman who found the cure for autism. Sue thought, this woman must be crazy. But then she kept hearing her name pop over and over again. Carrie Rivera. Carrie Rivera. Then one day, while shopping for groceries, she bumped into a friend, and her friend was also telling her about Carrie Rivera.
0: She goes, you know, there's this um, this, 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 woman who I've connected with on a computer, and she's from Mexico. I'm like, I said, oh, I, think, I think I know who you're talking about.
1: But wait, Javier. In the previous episode, you said Jim Humble was a mastermind behind MMS. Well, someone else has inherited the throne. Just search for Miracle Mineral Supplement on the internet and all you'll see is Carrie Rivera and her books, tutorials, and client testimonials. She's a one-woman curing machine.
2: The person who's held my hand the most has been Carrie. A friend told me about Carrie
0: Rivera. I watched all of her videos, was very impressed. I'm proud to introduce to you Carrie Rivera.
1: This is Carrie Rivera speaking at the Autism One Conference.
2: Chlorine dioxide is no miracle. It's just wonderful chemistry. Why does chlorine dioxide help to heal the symptoms known as autism? The diagnosis of of autism to us means fungi, bacteria, virus, parasites, heavy metals, inflammation, and autoimmune disorders.
1: In this video, Carrie demonstrates how to mix a baby bottle with chlorine dioxide.
2: Today we're gonna make a bottle an eight ounce baby bottle because we use the little seal and it keeps the gas in and that way you're not actually losing any of the power and it's good for the
1: whole baby. She instructs parents to add eight drops of MMS into a baby bottle.
2: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight.
1: Then she adds equal parts citric acid. This is the chemical reaction which creates the chlorine dioxide. Carrie assures her viewers that this chemical is harmless the chlorine dioxide will wash away from the body and all that will be left is sodium chloride, or also known as table salt. Chris Cogswell, the chemical engineer we heard from last time, agrees. Eventually, it will become table salt, but Carrie Rivera is distorting time. And that's true, and that's all fine, but that's kind of like saying, um... I don't know, mustard gas isn't dangerous because eventually it just becomes chloride and sulfur, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's great that it digests that, but what is occurring during that digestion process, right? It's all the stuff before it becomes chloride that's dangerous. The point Chris is making is that even if the bleach under your sink will digest to a stable form at some point, how long will that take? I mean, he says the stuff they're taking is a bleaching chemical. Yeah, it's good at cleaning bacteria because it kills every cell it comes in contact with. So I started tracking down Carrie Rivera. My research brought me to Chicago, where she lived for many years. But I hit a dead end. You see, back in 2015, Carrie was served with a subpoena by the Illinois Attorney General's office, demanding her to show proof that her treatment actually cures autism. Of course, she couldn't prove that it worked, So, Carrie Rivera voluntarily signed an agreement stating that she would no longer sell or promote any products and quickly skipped town. She left for Mexico. I searched and I searched, but I couldn't find any leads. That is, until one night, while chatting with a group of women who take MMS on Facebook. One of them offered to put me in touch with the infamous chlorine dioxide queen. And a few days later, my phone rang. It was Carrie Rivera. I introduced myself. She told me that she hasn't done an interview in a while, and before I could ask my first question, she was off.
2: But I was just trolled to death, and I got, you know, really exhausted. It's really, really hard to be trolled all the time when you're curing autism. There's not another soul on this planet curing autism. And you say, instead of being like, heralded as, wow, we got the magic cure, the miracle cure, something's really going right, you're like, trolled to death. I mean, to the point where it's really uncomfortable.
1: Carrie Rivera, now 51 years old, lives in Europe. Exactly where? She won't say. But she began to talk about her family. She says she has two sons. She explained that before she discovered MMS cured autism, she was just a mom. Here she is talking about her youngest son, Patrick.
2: Perfect. He was born perfect. He had two years. Well, he probably had eighteen months of totally normal, and then all of a sudden, the language started to fade. The eye contact started to fade. So, you know, you're grasping for the child that you had. You know, he wasn't born different. He was really fine. He was really the sharp child.
1: She says she went through the traditional medical route and was getting nowhere.
2: Of course, you know, as a parent, you don't really know what's going on. You're just following the rules and you know, doing the baby formulas after the breastfeeding is over, and you're. You know, you're giving the vaccines, and little by little, your child is fading away. You
1: you were talking about like nobody was really using MMS a, at that time to, for autism. And, no one and, was using it. Yeah, yep. and you were like kind of in the front lines there. Like, what what? How did they make that connection that this could cure autism?
2: Well, like I was saying, I was doing the Google searches for virus. You know, I know what autism is. It's virus, bacteria, canada, parasites, heavy metals. So you have to start looking at what is this product going to do. So chlorine dioxide. It just kills pathogens. It's just a very good pathogen killer, and it does no damage to the body because it's a positively charged molecule. So positively charged healthy cells, they don't interact whatsoever, they repel. So it's very good at just killing pathogens. It kills the bacteria, kills the parasite. So it was really indicated for what autism is.
1: I checked with Dr.
3: Zuckerman, the toxicologist we heard from earlier. The whole idea of positive and negative charge, I can't even address because it, it literally doesn't make sense. This um, chlorine dioxide is a non-selective chemical agent.
1: In other words, it kills everything it comes in contact with. Do you think that maybe some of the criticism is comes from the fact that maybe it's marketed as this cure, this miracle?
2: What do I really think? I really think because chlorine dioxide does cure things like cancer and autism, that it's it's on the hit list for this big pharma and every other thing that, you know, that controls our world. So they don't want people to go out and cure themselves from all these really lucrative diseases like cancer and autism for $20 a bottle. And nobody's really getting rich off it. Because if you talk to the people who are selling it, they're also not getting rich off it. I mean, they're eating today, right? You know, but it's, no one's making money off of chlorine dioxide. And it's so effective.
1: It's true. Carrie Rivera doesn't actually sell MMS the chemical itself is sold through a third party retailer. What she does sell is her consultation, books, and speaking fees. To answer my question, though, like you say it's effective, but is it a really a miracle? Like, is it being oversold?
2: Well, yeah, I, don't, I definitely don't sell it as a miracle.
1: Oh, really? Let's replay the first thing she told me. <laughs>
2: You're curing autism. There's not another soul on this planet curing autism. And you say, instead of being like Harold and his, wow, we got the magic cure, the miracle cure, something's really going right.
1: You're like. Anyway, in our last episode, Chris Cogswell, the chemical engineer, figured out that if taken properly, you might actually be getting more chlorine dioxide from your city's water system than you are from MMS. If a normal person drinking water that's been treated with chlorine dioxide takes MMS, Mm -hmm. like, Aren't, aren't you essentially just doubling up the chlorine dioxide that's in your tap water?
2: You're actually taking chlorine dioxide at a therapeutic dose. And that's really important for anything we're doing, whether it's for healing or whatever. You need to be taking the right amount. And then that's where the healing comes in.
1: But then essentially, like, then why not just drink more water if, if the same solution is in it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, help you me understand You can't get it.
2: therapeutic on it. No, no, you can't get therapeutic on just you know, tap water. Not all municipalities even have it.
1: But what's the difference then?
2: The dose. Like, the dose makes the poison, the dose makes the therapy. So if you if you're not getting enough, you're not going to get rid of your cancer, your autism, your fibromyalgia, your Lyme, you know, that kind of thing.
1: But where did did this idea that autism is caused by parasites come from?
2: We were doing enemas, this goes back in like 2000, early 2011. We're doing enemas with these kids in in Spain and these long worms, I mean, these long strands were coming out. And he said, Carrie, those are, that's not candy, those are parasites. And I was like, "Oh, parasites, you know, autism, we never talked about parasites. That was not even on the radar for autism.
1: I have to warn you, this next part is pretty disturbing. Those parasites Carrie is talking about? Yeah, well, they're not parasites.
3: My name's Emma Dalmaine, and I've been campaigning against fake cures. She said that parasites are causing autism, and the only way to get rid of autism is to kill the parasites with this solution. So parents are giving it to their children, and they're having sores break out on their children's arms. If you saw these things happening to your child, you'd stop, most people would stop. But these parents hate autism to the extent that they will carry on.
1: After a series of chlorine dioxide enemas, children are finding long strands coming out of their stool. I asked Dr. Zuckerman to look at some of these pictures. I included a picture of what they claim are to be like these ropeworm pathogens in the children's stool. What
3: is that? What that's most likely is the the lining of the gastrointestinal tract sloughing off. Um, You have a lot of cells in your gastrointestinal tract. When they die, they uh, just sort of fall off the colon. So when you poop them out, you'll get casings of these cells. Uh, what they believe to be parasites leaving their children. If that's actually the case, then those can be tested, and there should be organelles and membranes that are, that are causing that. But there's no evidence that that's the case. Um, and, and I have to say that um, feeling your intestines slough off is not a pleasant experience.
1: You see, these children who are shedding their intestinal tract lining aren't just drinking MMS. They're forcefully given the chlorine dioxide
3: as an enema There's a huge distinction between taking something orally and using it as an enema. When you swallow something that's noxious or dangerous, it
1: irritates the stomach and you have a natural response. Our stomach squeezes, our esophagus
3: starts to move everything up and we vomit. But with an enema, you don't have that safety mechanism. When you instill something into the colon, you have a much larger volume so you can a much higher dose. Um, it's a wide area of absorptive um, surface. There's no musculature to try to expel that solution.
1: To address some of these concerns, Kara Rivera and her followers post video testimonials of parents calming people's fears.
2: My daughter really asks for her enemas. She says, Mommy, I think it will help me. And she, she's grown really accustomed to them and likes them and feels better after them. And she says, I have a better day at school, Mommy, the next day when I have an enema.
1: Hmm... Carrie Rivera claims that 373 children have lost their autism diagnosis as a result of chlorine dioxide protocols. So, if MMS can cure autism, then surely her son is cured, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, Um, my son would be considered not recovered from autism, so um, he wouldn't be one of my 373 recoveries from chlorine dioxide that we have now.
1: But she insists, MMS
2: works. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people have used chlorine dioxide, and they go on to heal themselves from cancer, autism, fibromyalgia, um, Lyme, uh, anxiety, fear, depression, these kind of things. I've heard a lot of people, you know, those things all go into remission or recovery or however you want to say it. So the person heals from their illness.
1: But Carrie, I mean, when somebody says that it cures depression, autism, cancer, like, doesn't that kind of sound like bullshit a little
2: bit? No, no, but not 100% of the time.
1: What's your background? I mean, do you have any, you said you own a clinic, but do you have like any medical background or?
2: No, I'm a homeopath. No, I'm a homeopath, but I don't have, I'm not a, I'm not a medical doctor.
1: But this is your business, right?
2: Keeps food on the table, but it definitely, you know, doesn't keep keep me in anything else. But yeah, it keeps food on the table at least.
1: I always heard about anti-vaxxers, and I thought they'd just refuse to take vaccines. I never imagined that they would actually do something about it and, like, drink chlorine dioxide to kill parasites inside their gut. And it all stems from their distrust in the medical community.
3: I had to ask Dr. Zuckerman.
1: So is it fair to say that you're not being paid to hide this uh, conspiracy?
3: No, I'm not. I am not. And I have to say that that is such, it's a, it's, it's commonly said, and it's such an insulting ploy. Um, There are numerous medical groups that advocate, that advocate exercise as the first intervention for obesity. Uh, Big exercise is not paying us to say that. Um, There are lots of times where I um, recommend that someone take um, Tylenol, which is acetaminophen or ibuprofen. I'm not getting paid by big Tylenol. Dr. Zuckerman
1: says that this argument ignores the reality that physicians and providers go into medicine to care for patients. And if there were a peer review study that showed the health benefits of MMS,
3: he said he would give it to his patients, but there aren't any. And even in medicine, what people don't understand is that the, the history of the development of therapeutic agents, when we make a drug, we assume it's dangerous and we assume we are wrong. That is the whole point of the FDA, is to assume that drugs don't work and that they're dangerous. First you have to get animal data to see if it's safe. Then you have to get human data to see if that's safe. It would fail that trial because it's not shown to be safe. Then after that, you have to prove that it does something. The assumption is that it doesn't do something. He says MMS will fail both. All of drug manufacture is based on the assumption that it doesn't work. The the people who believe in MMS start with the assumption that it does work. They ignore health effects that would normally prevent a drug from coming to market. You know,
1: I've done a lot of research on this topic and when you look up MMS, all you find are articles saying how horrible it is or you'll read blog posts that promise it will save your life. There's nothing in between. My goal was to approach this topic with an open mind and I feel like I thoroughly explored both sides. The question is, if you're facing a life-threatening disease or have a child with autism, would you put your faith in the medical system that is heavily influenced by big corporations, yeah, but that has had major success at extending our lives and ridding polio, smallpox, and various other diseases? Or would you put your trust in a perfect stranger with no medical degree? If it were me, as imperfect as it is, I'm betting on our medical system. thank again Chris Cogswell with the Mad Scientist podcast and Dr. Matthew Suckerman with the Talks Now podcast for taking the time to answer all my questions. And I also want to thank Carrie Rivera for taking the time to talk with me and kind of explaining her point of view. You know, I've been getting more response from this story than any other story I've ever done. I've gotten private messages from parents with kids with cancer. I've gotten messages from people who are fighting chronic diseases. And I've gotten response from people who had never heard of this. But one conversation in particular really struck me. You know, we never really heard from the parent who has a child with autism that doesn't take MMS. So, pretend radio listener Stacy Puckett Peel had this to say
0: Hi, Javier. My name is Stacy, and I have a seven year old son with autism. Autism is not a parasite, it is a neurological difference, and that's it. There is no cure for autism. Um, autism is also not a death sentence. Our job as parents is not to get rid of autism, but it's to allow our children to be their unique selves while providing resources that give them the tools that they need to cope in a quote, normal society. So I first learned about MMS and about Carrie in autism groups on Facebook. And I honestly thought that it was fake. So many of these children are nonverbal. So they're unable to even tell you when they're in pain and they can't go to a teacher or a therapist or police and let them know what's going on. On to Carrie, um, people like her really infuriate me. To put yourself out there as an ally of the community when you're really pushing abuse for the purpose of a prophet is unforgivable. It's still hard for me to comprehend that a parent could be doing that to their child. Um, this is why I'm so glad that you did this episode and that you're bringing awareness to this so that other people um, can can learn how horrible this is in the community. I'm happy that it's getting Attention and that people are learning how incredibly dangerous this is. So, thank you so much for having me be a part of the show. To listen to Stacey's full point of view on this topic,
1: visit pretendradio.org and click on the donate button. I'm releasing the full recording to our Patreon customers. What's Patreon? Well, Patreon's kind of like a tip jar, so if you want to support the show and you think I'm doing a good job, just drop a couple bucks. Like Jennifer Taylor, Casey Lachelet, Marcio Andrade. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Next time on Pretend Radio, there's nothing like a good old fashioned con artist story. So meet Carl. Carl comes from a long line of con artists.
3: My, my father told me at a young age. He says, Carl, the two easiest things to sell anybody, anything that'll improve their looks and anything that'll make them money. And that's what you want to sell. But
2: guess who
1: else I got on the show?
2: We picked through his business garbage and and found some invoices.
1: The FBI agent who busted him.
2: That's when we realized, hey, we got somebody here that uh, is kind of clueless, that is in some serious trouble, and maybe we can help each other out.
1: So... (laughs) Podcasting didn't start off that long ago. All right, let's see. Three of podcasting. So the internet says that podcasting really caught fire in 2004. Then Serial happened, and everybody knows about podcasting. But last year, when I aired my first show, something remarkable happened. My mom started listening to podcasts, so... I want to just take this time to say hi mom. (laughs) And speaking of moms, I want to acknowledge another mom who's a big fan of the show. Her name is Sandy and her daughter has a little show called Moms and Murder. Here's a little preview.
0: Hey guys, this is Mandy and Melissa from Moms and Murder, a true crime podcast featuring two moms who think they're funny. Trust us guys, we are. Join us each week as we discuss both the infamous and unfamiliar stories in the world of true crime. You can check us out on our website at momsandmurder.com and also connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We release new episodes on Tuesdays, so we hope you'll check us out.
1: Also, after doing this show, I've met so many cool podcasters. And the coolest, without a doubt, is CK, He's a fella from across the pond. You should check out his show. Here's a preview.
3: Well, hello, my friends. This is CK from the Mirths and Monsters podcast, proud partner of the Odd Audio Network. Join me, my companion Finn, and my occasionally satanically possessed cat Ray, as we investigate the real truths behind some of the most wonderful creatures you can imagine, our trolls really that thick or is it just bad press are leprechauns really drunken bums sort of but there's a lot more to find out all you need to do is tune in to Mirths Monsters podcast with me and Finn till next time Slancha. your good health
2: Creative Babble